to welcome Talking Travel uh, for on a, a Friday afternoon. Of course, our travel guide, Sally Lucas, is here. And Sally, your first thing you want to talk about today, I'm so glad I've just re-put back on my genuine <laughs> Mickey Mouse watch because... We're talking all things Mickey. Mm, Disney Cruises. Yeah. This is a new thing, isn't it? Well, they've never come out here before. And there's a vessel called Disney Magic, which is part of the Disney Cruise Line. And it's coming to the shores of Australia and New Zealand. It's just the first time, whether it'll be... a happen again who knows but it's only here for a limited time from October next year to February 2024 and what they're virtually doing is doing a continual circle sort of including Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, New Zealand and there's little two night three night five night whatever so they're all little short cruises but they're also doing what we call like a, a repositioning cruise because the cruise line is obviously based in America so they're doing one from Vancouver to Honolulu so if anyone was in Canada or wanting to do that and just get to home and then fly home again from there would be a nice thing to do or alternatively they're also doing one from um, Honolulu to Sydney and that's always very popular coming across those beautiful Pacific Island nations across to here now that one will be um, October the 13th that's the one that's coming out here to start. So if you're wanting to, you could be on that first voyage from Honolulu to Sydney as it comes out. And so I said the rest of them are all like little two, three, four-night cruises, which are great. Uh, there is one six-night one that'll be going to Numea and a four-night one down to Hobart. But just to let you know, it's it's what you're going to get is basically Disneyland on a ship, in a, in a sense, if, if you can imagine that. No, absolutely. Now, with, with cruises, they're always positioned at a, a specific market. No big surprise that... Families are what they have in mind on these cruises. Exactly, or anyone that I guess that loves loves Disneyland or Disney yeah. World. But they do live shows like Aladdin, um, like Tangled, um, Frozen. You know, so you've got all these shows. You've got the characters on board. You can have character dining experiences with your characters. You know, so you can imagine the kids loving all this sort of stuff, can't you? Um, you can even do a royal court royal tea with the little princess or prince in your life. They have fireworks at sea. They've got a multitude of restaurants and you can you know, eat at any of them so you get a range you're not just at one set restaurant uh, lots of different themes again there but there's also adult only dining if the adults want to have a meal on their own they've got lots of casual dining uh, facilities as well like selling you know ice creams and cafes and frozen treats and all that but you've still got room service as well which is 24 hour complimentary um, they have a youth club from uh Youth clubs from age three through to seventeen years as well. Um, so yeah, and whatever you want to do, they have special family things if you want to do something as a family or just kids only things, adult only things. They've also got uh, what they call it's a small world nursery, and that's for the little ones under three. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's just going to be something really new that we've not had down here before. So, but get in early. The bookings actually open on the twenty ninth of this month, and I would imagine that first voyage from Honolulu to Sydney will sell out pretty quickly. You would think so, wouldn't you? Everyone wants to be the, f oh, I was the first to do this or that. So, yes, I mean, you yeah. know, people are that way minded. Yes, yes, they are indeed. So, yeah, that's just, I thought, something different for us to look forward to. We've got lots of cruise ships coming down to Australia again. They love coming down here, like we had a plethora of them coming before COVID. Then, of course, everything just went pear-shaped. So, we're gradually, it only started you know, earlier this year that they've started being allowed to come back into our waters. So, that will increase all the time, I'm sure, now, and we'll continue to probably get additional new vessels visiting us, which is wonderful. I mean, it's good for the economy. It's good for people to experience. So, it's good. It's good for everything, really. 
All right. So well, I know you've got a heap of other stuff to get through. What else have we got uh, coming up before we uh, before we? Well, I'm going to talk about what's happening um, to get into now Vanuatu and the Cook Islands. Mm-hmm. We've had some updates there. Our lovely Pacific region is opening up again. And also, I thought we'd talk about bears today and where you can go to visit all the different bears in the world. Talking travel, our travel uh, guide Sally Lucas is here. We'll do the bears in a sec, Sally. We're going to do a couple of completely different ends of the spectrum here. First up, Vanuatu. Vanuatu and the Cook Islands, two of my favourite Pacific nations, actually, which I have been to uh, Vanuatu many times, but I've only been to the Cooks once. But they've both opened up now, and uh, Vanuatu is very excited to have them back because, you know, it's not a, a rich nation and tourism really is their main industry. So there's no requirement now for travellers to Vanuatu to be fully vaccinated, although it's strongly encouraged for all those that are eligible. No requirement for COVID testing. Um, so there you go. All you've got to do is, you know, have a confirmed ticket to the country of where you're going, of course, and confirmation of accommodation at an accredited tourist facility. You can check with your travel agent to what is considered those accredited facilities where you have to stay. So that's really great. Um, a well-fitted mask is no longer required to be worn on fl- flights to Vanuatu or even at the airport. But again, they're saying if you're vulnerable or if you're not well, please you know, be sensible and, and, and wear one. And that's the same for the Cook Islands. I mean, they're the same. They've, they've been missed out on all their tourism as well. We don't have direct flights yet, Mark, though. Mm. Still, we've still got to go via Auckland at the moment with Air New Zealand, um, and there are flights with Jetstar. But you, we are hoping that by the end of this year or early next year, we'll have our direct flights going back into the Cook Islands again as well. So it just saves that bit of a longer flight. Mm. All right. And I think a lot, a lot of the countries that are opening up with this common sense stuff, you'll find that uh, the tourists, where it's easy to go, mm. you know, I mean, you don't want to go on holidays and make have everything hard. They'll probably find that... Uh, people will start flocking there. Having said that, where these people are making it easier, I was reading an article uh, on Wednesday, Chile now has got a visa that is so complicated to do. Um, I don't know why they've done that. Do they not want visitors? Um, But anyhow, I had a quick look at it and I thought, oh my God. So I'd say a lot of people will need their travel agent to assist them or guide them through the process to get a Chile visa. I think by the sound of it, even your travel agent will be going, look, there are other South American nations. Why don't we go here? <laughs> look, look, this place has got some cool stuff too. Yes, but anyway. <laughs> now, bears. Bears. I'm- I just thought this was really quite interesting because... I, I don't know. I, I love all animals. I'm, I'm not an animal hater. I'm an animal lover. And, you know, I love looking at polar bears. Like my dream would be to go to Churchill in the northern part of Canada where you can go out there on one of those big vehicles, snow vehicles, and the bears actually come up and put their paws on the roof. And you think, my God, this, this thing could eat me, but I am safe. <laughs> but, you just keep telling yourself that. No, in those vehicles, you clearly are. Oh, you are. So obviously you can go. So you've got these high Arctic bears or polar bears, which their habitat's the Arctic. Tundra. Um, they could be anything in feet because this was an American thing I was looking at, five to eight feet tall, but I relate to that because I'm, I'm a bit old rather than the centimetres and the metres. And they're 650 to 1200 pounds and their life expectancy is 21 to 25 years. So you can see them, as I just mentioned, in the north of Canada. Of course, you can see them in the Arctic as well. So just that's an area if you're wanting to see your bears, consider that. You can go to either of those places. It'd have to be land-based holiday if you're going to Churchill, but of course, if you're cruising the Arctic or somewhere, you're bound to see polar bears for sure. You've got a coastal brown bear. Now, he's um, 
called Ursu Arctos. He's coastal Alaska. He lives again about 25 years. And, of course, he's a salmon-centric omnivore. As you can imagine, you see those photos of them catching the salmon as they're jumping in the stream as they move along. Yeah. So Leave some for the rest of us, please, Mr Brown Bear. Yes, we, we like our salmon. Um, so, yes, you can get to see them, which is just a wonderful thing. And there's some of the um, very fish-rich diet, of course, as you can imagine. And they're some of the largest bears in the world because they really bulk up before they hibernation, before winter arrives. So they're, they're quite big, big bears. Um, the other, I tell you what's an interesting one I thought is the sun bear, and you forget about Asia having bears. Mm. And so they're in Southeast Asia, and it's one of the smallest and one of the rarest species of bears in the world. All these bears seem to live 25 years. It's interesting. Nearly everyone we've looked at, you know, says that that's their life expectancy. Um, and then you've got an American black bear, which is throughout North America, including northern Mexico. And his life expectancy is 20 years, but he only gets from five to six feet tall. So he's on only. Specs. Only, yeah, only. So, and obviously you don't always see bears when you're travelling to these countries, but, you know, you know when you're on any of these itineraries, whether it be a cruise or a land-based uh, tour, your guides are always going to try and seek out the animals for you because you want to see them. Same when you go to East Africa, South Africa, Botswana, whatever. You're going this, you know, a lot of the reason why you're going is to see these wonderful animals in their own habitat. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, and, and as you said, I mean, so the people that are that are working in these particular areas, I mean, mm. they know where the most likelihood is and that's the time right. of day and all the rest of it as well. Exactly. So, you know, there's some lovely um, trips you can do. For example, there's an in-depth exploration of the Arctic Svalbard, which is a 10-day one, and it's one of the best places on the planet to see polar bears. So that's one cruise you can do. There's another one that does Svalbard, Iceland and Greenland's east coast. It's 16 days, so you're bound to see them again there. You've got a wild Alaska escape. It's a six, just a little short six-day cruise doing the Mr. Fjords, Wrangell and Leconte Bay, where you get icebergs and as well as this iconic wildlife. Um, there's a coastal wilderness Alaskan itinerary, which is eight days. And there's another one, the Wonders of the Western Pacific, which is 13 days, where you can get the sun bears, the orangutans as well. And you're travelling down through parts of New Guinea and all that interesting part of the Wonders of the Western Pacific. So, yeah, look, there's lots of ways you can get to see these bears and many other animals. I didn't see the drop bear in there. No, so oh, the drop bear. I wonder what happened to him. North Queensland. Crocs got them. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Alright, uh, we'll get into some of the hot deals that are in and around the marketplace at the moment as we wrap up shortly. We're talking travel. Um, Hertie Gruten, that wonderful company that does the Norwegian coastline, has been doing for near, nigh on 100 years, which is who I did it with a few years ago, just before COVID, thank God. Um, they've got some wonderful uh, offers at the moment with up to $1,500 per person off suites on selected departure dates and Norway is just such a stunningly beautiful country it really is and also which is great there's no single supplement for solo travelers travelers sorry on selected departures subject to availability of course on their 12-day classic round trip from Bergen their 11-day voyage of discovery their seven-day classic north and their six-day classic south so just keep that in mind because often it's a lot more expensive for a solo traveler so that's great yeah for sure um we were talking about bears <laughs> Earlier, and uh, I did mention that Wonders of the Western Pacific, the 13-day one, which is doing the spectacular Coral Triangle. They've actually got a, a $1,500 special saving if you book by 31 October as well on that. Um, Japan, as we know, has just recently opened, but you still do have to moment do it you know, as an organised situation. Yes. You can't still travel independently. Uh, this is uh, a saving of up to $1,400 per couple on Japan for 2023 on a 12-day itinerary, so keep that in mind. It's, you're, doing, you're getting 15 meals.
meals on this. You're getting some rail, some coach. Um, you're going to Hiroshima, Osaka, uh, Miyajima Island, Kyoto, Nara, Takayama, Matsumoto, Nagoya, Mount Fuji, Hakone and Tokyo. So great itinerary if you're wanting to do that with a range of departures through next year. And also South Korea is a very interesting country as well. And they've got savings, again, of up to $1,400 per couple on a taste of Korea. Just a little tempt taster. It's a little eight-day itinerary. Um, of course, it goes into Seoul, um, but you're going down to Busan and Gyeongju as well, which going to traditional Korean villages, seeing changes of guard at the palace, having a traditional Korean barbecue dinner. The Korean barbecues are, are lovely. They cook them at the table and it's great food. It's becoming very, very uh, popular uh, as yeah, of late too. It has. And getting right away from that, we're all over the world today, aren't we, Mark? Um, Cruise Croatia, there's some wonderful cruises where you can get up to $300 per per cabin off if you book by 30 September. And again, the Croatian coast is second to none. It's just stunningly beautiful. You go to places starting, say, from Venice to Lake Bled, Ljubljana, Istria, the Plitvici Lakes, Split, the Dalmatian Islands, and, of course, Dubrovnik, the famous walled city of Croatia. And lastly, back home. I've done the full circuit, I think. Yeah, well, we, sort of, we, we, left, well, we <laughs> left here on a, on a Disney cruise. We've done everywhere else, and so now you're going to... Back in Australia. Coastal wilds of Tasmania. This is a beautiful cruise because you're, again, nudging in on a small vessel into parts of Tasmania that you can, can't get to by any other means. So you're doing wonderful bays. You're, you're going into Wineglass Bay, the hazards in Freysenay National Park. You do a lot of land things as well, like walking and hiking. Mariah Island, its history as a penal colony, Port Arthur, the wonderful 300-metre-tall coastal cliffs of the Tasman Peninsula. They're just stunning. I've done two cruises, just like half-day ones, where you can go and just view these cliffs. It's just amazing. Um, you do tastings at Fresh Farmgate Produce, world-class cool climate wines. Uh, you'll see all sorts of wildlife down there as well because we've been on the wildlife bent today. You'll see beautiful seals and whales, etc., on the water. And on land, of course, you just see wombats and also these beautiful... Um, like an, almost like an albino wallaby. So they get the white ones and they've got the strawberry blonde. It's a really unusual colour that I've seen in Cradle Mountain National Park. You won't see them anywhere else in the world. And you're going to Bruni Island as well and you also kayak from the back of the ship at Fortescue Bay. And this is a 10-night cruise and it's on the end of January next year. And that's it from yep. me today. <laughs> yep, we've just looked. Sally's just complete. She's gone all the way through her pile. Anything that's not here now has to wait till next week, exactly. I'd say. All right, Sally, thanks as always. You have yourself a great weekend. You too, Mark. And a little bit more talking travel with our travel guide, Sally Lucas. Uh, you'll catch her next Friday around the same time. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.